you're listening to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. It's Valentine's Day this week, and I'm going to be honest with you. It's a holiday around the offices of BA that it's like we have to celebrate. It's, it's kind of a hallmark holiday. They kvetch, they whine. And you know what? At the end of the day, we're happy about it. We end up having a good time. But the question is, how do you celebrate it? So... On today's episode, uh, first up, we got Test Kitchen editor Chris Morocco to discuss the ultimate Valentine's Day dessert, and you're darn right, it's made from chocolate. And finally, Christine Mulkey, our executive editor, gets on the phone with Courtney Burns and Nick Bala from Bar Tartine, who are a couple both romantically and professionally. But let's do this thing. You're listening to the Bon Appetit special Valentine's Day Foodcast. I'm here with Chris Morocco from the BA Test Kitchen. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. So now, Chris, I imagine if you're like me, you're not going out to dinner this Valentine's Day. You're cooking, right? Absolutely. Never. We never go out. We're always at home. And frankly, we've got two young kids. So trying to get somebody to babysit on Valentine's Day is usually (laughs) mission impossible anyway. I I hadn't thought of that one, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, And as long as you can get those kids in bed, you can actually make a meal and enjoy it and open a bottle of wine and have a have a great time. Now, one thing I want to talk about, though, is you're making dinner. But the one thing I think is unique about Valentine's Day compared to other nights when you might be uh, cooking with your wife or husband um, is dessert is involved. There's always has to be dessert, There right? has to be. Yeah, there has to be. For us, most other nights of the week or of the year, we might have dessert if we bring it home, if I bring home something from the, the test kitchens, um, you know, lying around. But otherwise, you know, uh, Valentine's Day, you've got to make something happen for dessert. Okay, so let's talk about it because let's get down to it because I think in the last, I want to say 15 or 20 years, like the number one defining restaurant dessert on Valentine's Day, when you get like the Valentine's Day prefix, it's always molten chocolate cake. It is. It is, right? And the thing is, like, we kind of like roll our eyes at like, oh, molten chocolate cake again. But when someone gives you a molten chocolate cake, you're eating that entire thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're almost into our third decade, I think, probably, of like this being a thing, you know, in in American kind of fine dining. And it started out in fine dining and certainly then became just like kind of widespread and everywhere. No matter where you were, most restaurants usually have some sort of warm chocolate cake situation. So you developed a recipe, BA's Best Molten Chocolate Cake, that went up on our website last week. Um, Let's talk about that recipe compared to other molten chocolate cake recipes and, 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 and when this whole molten chocolate cake thing started. Yeah, so Lucky Peach luckily did a piece on this in uh, I think it was issue number five, their Cooks and Chefs issue, and they looked at the history of the of the molten chocolate cake, which is actually you know sort of fascinating if you're a food geek like I am, and. Um, so it, it kind of went back to 1966, a very infamous Pillsbury bake-off competition. Somebody made something called the Tunnel of Fudge. <laughs> and it was something that was, it's kind of like a brownie oh, batter God. that's baked into a, a bunt pan using this sort of like crazy dry frosting mix uh, that would come out, you know, such that it had this molten sort of chocolate core that ran all the way around the ring of the cake. And that morphed sometime later uh, into Michel Bras, famous French chef, making an individual chocolate cake for dessert um, with had a, had a molten core of sort of liquid chocolate. And then uh, and then in New York, Jean-Georges von Richten ended up 
coming up with his version of this, which was a very different approach, which was, you know, happened by accident, as Lucky Page pointed out, that he made a simple chocolate sponge cake and just took it out of the oven way too early. It's kind of like a rare steak, ordinary steak rare. It would yeah. still be kind of undone, <laughs> a, undercooked, a uncooked in the middle. Yeah, exactly. So I, I remember making it back, I guess, early 2000s or so. Maybe I got the recipe from the New York Times or maybe Bon App or Gourmet. I don't really recall, but I do know that it was pretty easy to make. You make a basic cake batter, you put it in sort of individual tins, and you essentially undercook it. Sure, and, 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 sure. And just pull it out when they tell you to, and you op- you dip your fork in there, and it oozes on the plate, and you're like, wow, I this actually works, and I actually made this. This is so cool. Totally, and I think it probably was for, if not Valentine's Day, a special occasion, I did that very similar recipe to that Jean-Georges method for my wife, who was not my wife at the time, um, so it can't have been that bad. But <laughs> I found that it was a little bit you know, too easy to, frankly, overcook it. Like, you're not oh, used geez. to kind of undercooking your baked goods, yeah. right? So, like, unless you do it a few times in a row and who has the luxury of sort of testing out, you know, yeah. trial desserts for Valentine's Day, it's pretty easy to kind of overbake it, which leaves you with an albeit delicious chocolate cake. Yeah. All right. So we, but we do ours in our new BA's best uh, version of molten chocolate cake. We do it a little differently. It's not just under baked chocolate cake, right? Yeah. We took a slightly different approach to it, which is frankly goes back to more the, the Michelle Bras sort of style where- And um, Michelle has his three Michelin stars and all that. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. A, a legend. Total, complete legend. So we took the approach of, you know, wanting to make it like completely fail-proof and also wanting to emphasize the drama of the moment where you cut into the cake and you have this liquid center that just pools out of it. And for me, I'm not the person who eats the the raw cookie dough, you know, by the spoonful when I make chocolate chip <laughs> cookies, you know? I mean, I, I'll take one bite to make sure I haven't like yeah. screwed it up, but I won't. You're uh, not sitting there on the couch with the big bowl in front of you just watching TV. Right. So the flavor and texture of underdone cake for me is, um, you know, not something I look for. Yeah. So you make a ganache, which is just a simple mixture of chocolate and cream. So chopped chocolate and cream over a pot of boiling water. Yeah, or you melts. can just heat, you know, you can yeah. just heat the cream, pour it over the chocolate. It, oh, it yeah. melts, stir it together till it's smooth, and then just chill it, you know, chill it for probably about an hour or so until it's scoopable. Um, and then it's okay, a, so, you, so you want it to seize up. You want it to firm up because that'll enable you to scoop it cleanly and like get it to uh, stay nicely in the center of that cake. And, and the way you do that, I mean, it's nothing fancy at all. I mean, you basically, you fill your ramekins up with a very simple cake uh, batter. You fill the ramekins halfway, you put a scoop of the ganache inside, and then you fill the rest of the way with oh, the rest wow. of the cake batter. So simple. So it just hangs well, out in the middle, yeah, right? Yeah. And it and it's it's the right size, so it just kind of sits there. Yeah. And so it's, it's not going anywhere. Encased by cake, you know, it's not going anywhere. And actually, this is a recipe, you know, you could make assemble these cakes and just not bake them a few hours ahead if you want to just put them in the fridge uh, and pull them out, you know, half an hour before you want to make them. Your ta-da moment. Completely. I will also say this, which is uh, I mean, I love this for Valentine's Day, but also any sort of um, dinner party. This is another, like I said, this is great for a dinner party because A, you can make it ahead. You can have it resting in the fridge. B, anytime you make a dessert that you bake to order, so it perfumes oh. the house with this amazing aroma, people think they're full from dinner, but then they catch a waft of that sure. chocolate emanating from the oven. And you're like, oh my God, what is that? And you bring it out and it, it is very sort of dramatic. It's it's the ultimate pro move. And and frankly, the reason that so many restaurants you know have and can do this is it doesn't take a pr- trained pastry staff to make this happen no, every night for service. No, you just pour it in a ramekin and throw it in the oven. Exactly. So, exactly. so, all right, so it comes out, um, when, when you guys were testing it, is this one of those recipes that had 
to go through multiple iterations to figure out, or did you kind of nail it? Uh, it, you know, it went through a few iterations. I wouldn't say that this is one that had like a massive sort of arc to it, starting out like one thing and ending up something totally different. But, you know, we, um, you know, definitely went through a few rounds. And I have to say, I mean, nobody was too upset that this was appearing every day yeah, in the kitchen it. for a week, you know, which is always a good thing, especially oh, if you can darn it. pull it's it out around three or four. Yeah. <laughs> it's the molten the chocolate afternoon. cake testing again. Yeah, oh. I, I know Rick definitely wasn't too mad about it. Everybody seemed to get through it okay. When you're making the cake, do you butter the inside of the ramekin or do the little Pam spray or anything Do you so it comes out easily? We Yeah, so uh, the one thing we would say, I think it's important that you use butter on the inside of the ramekin, partly because, you know, nonstick baking sprays, you know, they can kind of use too much. They can kind of pool in mm -hmm. there. One of the things I did in this recipe was using a demerara or sugar in the raw to coat the inside of the ramekin so that you end up kind of getting a little bit of a crust and texture. Nice. So you, you butter know. it and then sprinkle in the, the the crunchy sugar. Yep. And that helps it release. It's honestly, you won't have any problems getting it out of the ramekin. You know, you just, you know, sort of an invert, a, invert a plate onto it and tip it back over sort of right side up. But I think one of the reasons that Jean-Georges probably does it in his sort of trademark sort of star shape, like little, almost like a brioche little mold, mm -hmm. um, is you end up getting some texture yeah. on the edges of that cake. When you do something in a ramekin, you're usually not going to get too much texture on mm -hmm. it, but the sugar gives you that nice, little like, little crunch. crunchy edge. And yeah. then do you, then do you put a little dollop of vanilla ice cream on top or what do you, what's, what's, what's the finishing touch? Yeah. What's the play there? Bound um, to impress your Valentine. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I am a sucker for whipped cream. Mm. Um, freshly you know, whipped cream. Freshly whipped cream. Well, exactly. And I was just going to say, you know, there's nothing like beating a bowl of whipped cream by hand. Uh, you don't need to break out the stand mixer for it. You don't need to break out, you know, the electric handheld mixer. Very, very sexy. Do it by hand. Yeah, hands <laughs> bound, on. Bound to impress. Yeah, completely. And then and I think what's also nice about uh, fresh whipped cream is that it doesn't have to be that sweet. You have a cake that's very sweet and chocolatey. You put a dollop of like sort of tender, not overbeaten whipped cream on top and it sort of just melts in there. Completely. Yeah. Love it. All right. So, well, we know what Chris Morocco is making this Valentine's Day. You should, <laughs> <That> better. <laughs> you, you should too. You can check out the recipes for BA's best molten cake on bonappetit.com and check out a video of how it gets made also. I'm Adam Rapport. That's Chris Morocco. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. So we have Nick and Courtney here from Bar Tartine taking a little time out of prep work to talk about love. Hi. So were you a couple when you started working together at Bar Tartine? Yeah, we had already started um, dating when Nick took over Bar Tartine. And a couple months later, I got roped in. Is it a good idea to work with a person you love? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, good one. Hi, Nick. And what about Valentine's Day? So this is suddenly about, you know, all these other people. Are you ever thinking, wait a minute, I want to go to a restaurant with Courtney? If we were off on Valentine's Day, we would be out in the woods somewhere um, hiding, hiking. <laughs> and do you have a different menu on Valentine's Day? Is anything different? No, we used to do that, but we count, we've kind of learned over the years that special events we like to continue on the path that we're already on and um, not change too much, and it always ends up being the best outcome. Right. And tell me about your first date salad. This is a thing. It, it, was, it definitely is a thing. For us, it's a thing. <laughs> I guess the things that kind of brought us together 
when we when we first started talking that we really realized that we had a connection was that some of the stuff that we had in common and one of those was just how we eat. So we like to just make a huge, whether it's a soup, a salad, whatever, just make gigantic um, large bowls of it and just kind of eat right out of the bowl and kind of go for it. So Share food. So that was kind of what we were making a lot of the time um, at home ourselves separately before we met and then after. I think we were out hiking probably like 20 miles and had an insane appetite that day and just decided while, while being extremely hungry and hiking that we would uh, – that sounded delicious, so we went and just made this giant hickory salad. I think we went to Rainbow Grocery, which is this cooperative grocery here in San Francisco, and spent like $95 <laughs> on vegetables for two people to have a salad. We had a salad for like 35 people. Oh, my God. Um, it was insane, but we were, we were so hungry. We just filled the basket full of chicories and radishes and fennel, and then uh, we had to use like an 18-quart Le Creuset Dutch oven to mix it in because we didn't have anything big enough to fit the greens. <laughs> yeah. And so we ate the salad, and we made, like, a chili and anchovy dressing. I think it had cheese in it. Yeah. And then, yeah, we had to eat it out of a Dutch oven. Oh, my God. Did you finish it? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. And is that recipe in the Bar Tartine cookbook? There's an homage to that recipe in the Bar Tartine cookbook. Yeah, I think it's, like, chicories of anchovy. I don't remember what the title on it the recipe is. about that story a little bit, yeah. We pulled some of that out, I remember, because yeah. it felt like it was getting a little too personal. <laughs> So, if in an alternate universe you could have Valentine's Day off, what would you make for each other after your hike this year? We would definitely make that salad. Yeah, it would be like a, maybe we'd grill a steak or scramble some eggs and have a chicory salad. And yeah, I mean, that's really pretty common. pretty much common. Be, be our last meal and we'd be happy. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. My name is Belle Cushing. I'm one of the producers of the BA Foodcast. That's it for this week's episode. But before we leave you, we just wanted to take a moment and thank everyone for all of the great feedback that we've been getting over the past week. And to tell you, please keep it coming. Any comments, suggestions, chefs you want to hear from, recipes you want to know how to make, email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. podcast has been brought to you by Belle Cushing and Carrie Polis, with editing by Mitra Kaboli, and additional help from Christina Che and Lily Sherman. Our theme music is by Valerie and the Greedies. We have new episodes every Wednesday, and if you want to tell us anything about this or any episode, please email us at bonappetitfoodcast at gmail.com. It's all